Hello, this is Pete from Pete's Auto Repair. You're listening to Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Jimmy Stewart is here. What can you say about this man? Uh, he's, he's a marvelous actor, and he's just a marvelous person. Um, and he does the best impression of Jimmy Stewart I've ever heard of. <laughs> I can't think of anybody I'd rather start the New Year's Eve or New Year's with than you well, as a guest. I- Good to see you. I I feel the same way. Yeah. Happy New Year. Did you make any resolutions? I was asking the audience. Or did you give that up? I I, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you ever used to make resolutions? Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Smoke and cigarettes. You quit that? Yeah. And, uh... Talk them faster. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas, wind blowing through breathing trees, strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are in the main. And welcome to the final show of the first decade of the 21st century. At least for us, it's our final show of the first decade of the 21st century. Yeah. Um, if, the, if you're listening elsewhere in the country, well, it's a week later than that now already, and we've lurched into 2020, and there you have it. Uh, I, we'll but, be retro in the other markets. Exactly. Yeah. Our, believe me, the whole show is retro, <laughs> all retro, all the time. Uh, the uh, opening bit, I, I, I found that. The other day, as I, you know, because I'm always trying to find something. And I always say this, folks, if you miss the opening bit, you got to go to the podcast. Mm-hmm. You got to go listen to it. Um, two minutes and he's already Andrew's way. But that's OK, Andrew. Everything's good. We have the prodcom here. I can play things like. Don't be a jerk. OK, I can do all that. All right. <laughs> um, and I want. And oh, I can also uh, play. Uh... Albatross. All right. Yay. Uh, yay there we go. Uh, to to end the new year, but I just wanted to what you were going to say something. I was going to tell people if they want to watch the fun, they could go to the Mike Novak show on Facebook. Yeah, catch us live right that's now. That's right, and you can always but always catch the beginning of the show because that's yes, it it doesn't get any better than the first uh, two minutes. All right, then it's all downhill <laughs> after that. <laughs> um, Jimmy Stewart, I found that that clip uh, from 1989 with on the the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and it reminded me I used to do this bit. Uh, Jimmy Stewart as a slug on a hasta, and it went so like I want to hear that. Uh, 
well, uh, I just, well, here I, I'm, I'm on this uh, hostage. Uh, wow, it's really good. I think I'll just move uh, to chew on some of this for for a little while. It's uh, I, I sure hope nobody comes out and, and finds me. I, I tell you, maybe, but maybe I should just crawl under the the leaf, not on top. But yeah, it's really, really good. This, this it's, it's kind of like. It's kind of like a salad. I wonder what the main course is. All right. There we go. That's Jimmy Stewart as a slug. All right. Woohoo! But the real show today, we have Megan Wells, Scott Jones in studio, Atina Diffley. It's all about Turn Here Sweet Corn Organic Farming Works. It's a play. We've seen it. It's back. We're going to talk about how it all happened. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. That's not just a tree in your yard. It's an investment. It's a windbreak. It's a natural work of art. It's part of the family, which is why you want Bartlett tree experts to care for your trees. Now is a great time to go to Bartlett.com and see what they can do for you. Did you know that winter's a prime time to have your trees pruned? One of the reasons is that without leaves, the structure of the tree is easier to evaluate. Also, it's a great time to inspect your trees for any visibly hazardous conditions or structural issues. It's also easier now to work around a garden when the ground is frozen. Even during the growing season, Bartlett utilizes the most effective and environmentally sensitive methods to control tree pests, such as beneficial insects to manage the bad insects. And did we mention that Bartlett is the industry leader in safety? Whether it's a small residential project or a major commercial renovation, contact an arborist representative at Bartlett and get a free estimate because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. You want to install a solar energy system for your home, but you're afraid you'll be overwhelmed by choices and jargon. You need to talk to our friends at Albright Solar. Albright Solar offers a boutique, hands-on approach to your situation. They know the ins and outs of local solutions. They take the confusion out of the process and make solar simple, giving you the confidence to enjoy your investment. Harness the power of the sun. Go to albright.solar or call 773-887-6446. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Do you know that Chicagoans are getting healthier all the time? This is Peggy, and I know this is true because for eight years I've been publishing Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest magazine. And if you want your message to reach this growing market, you need to get your business in front of our readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us that our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and they're ready to take action. That's more than 80,000 people in Chicago who will respond to your message. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, doctors, dentists, nutritionists, health coaches, yoga, even home improvement and landscape experts. Natural Awakenings is a free monthly magazine available in more than 1,100 locations throughout Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. Call me today to expand your market and grow your business. 847-858-3697. That's 847-858-3697. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more.
I got to combine both there, the theme of our show today, which is growing things and growing vegetables with the, you all thought it was green onions, but it's not. It's actually old Lang Syne. So there we go. Uh, Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show. It's it's sad when you have to explain the jokes and the bits. Uh, (laughs) uh, You didn't get it anyway. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're very pleased to have in studio and on the Skype machine this morning some folks. um, You know, and we're stealing from Bill Turk, uh, Playtime with Bill Turk and... Carrie Kendall. uh, Right here on uh, WCGO, if you happen to listen to WCGO in Chicago. Uh, They do a a show about the arts, Mm -hmm. and uh, they often have theater folk on there. We occasionally have theater folk on, not that often, um, because if we're going to do that, it usually has to relate to horticulture or agriculture or sustainability or something like that. And today, we cover all that ground, which is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, in the studio, um, I have an old friend, uh, Scott Jones. Uh, on Facebook, you can find him as Scotty Jones. We were talking about uh, Facebook names and even be, you know, trying to get your own. On Twitter, I couldn't even get my own name. Uh, yeah, not even happening. No, not uh-huh. not with Scott Jones. No. no. Uh, and we also have Megan Wells, which is also probably difficult to oh, find. Oh, I grabbed MeganWells.com a thousand years ago. Wow. Back you when were dinosaurs smart. were still mm-hmm. walking, I grabbed MeganWells.com. <laughs> oh, that so is I'm so good. I'm, yeah, I'm so glad uh, that you were able to <laughs> do that. Yeah. Uh, again, I couldn't get MikeNovak.com. I got I'm sorry. Mike but they tried to sell it to me now. I guess so. Oh. Some whoever had it, I said, I'm not buying it for a thousand dollars. That no. ain't going to happen. No. So um, Scott is a director um, of, of theater uh, here in Chicago. Megan is an actor or actress, if you prefer. Uh, what do you prefer? I don't. Either okay, works so either, for either me. one works yeah. for you. Um, and they were on our show. A little more than three years ago, back yeah, when that's right. back when we were at Pirate Radio, yes. Arr, <laughs> Arr, Arr. Pirate Radio, and uh, Atina doesn't know what Pirate Radio is. Um, Scott, do you remember the studio we were in? When- yes, the the uh, lofty, um, crazy walled. Mm-hmm. Oh, with all the, the industrial, the irresistible yeah. on the back wall. Right. I love the. Murals. It was great. Yeah, it was it was a community. Uh, radio station that technically had uh, an AM signal but didn't get out from the building itself. <laughs> so you had to listen on the stream. That was the right. only way you could listen to it. And um, we called it pirate radio because arr, arr, arr. because it, it had a – it felt like we were <laughs> – <laughs> on a ship uh, in Lake Michigan somewhere. Broadcast. Odd things happened in yeah. that studio like and they around had, that studio. They had a flood on the second floor, okay? <laughs> we came in one day, and it was completely flooded, and there was nothing. Uh, we called the station manager. He said, well, plug in the station. I Plug in the station? I <laughs> I have no idea how to plug in the station. So we're But now we're here. 
Uh, and and you get to see the new digs here. Beautiful. They're really lovely. Really so beautiful. about three years ago, and you see, I'm the eas- most easily distracted person in the history of radio. Uh, about three years ago, you guys came in because you had just launched a play called Turn Here, Sweet Corn. Um, and Scott, because I knew him speaking of dinosaurs back when dinosaurs roamed theater. Yes, in, um, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> we're on, when, when dinosaurs were on stage. That's uh, right. Uh, Scott said, hey, Mike, um, I think you should see this. This is uh, uh, a really interesting play, um, and it's based on a book called Turn Here, Sweet Corn, which uh, uh, Peggy has in front of us right now. She has a copy of that, and it was written by a woman named Atina Diffley, uh, and that woman is on our Skype machine right now. Uh, Where exactly are you, Atina, right now? Oh, I'm enjoying a beautiful Minnesota day. <laughs> and the snow. Fresh snow, hoarfrost on the trees, Are white you, magic. Aren't you guys like in the middle of a, a storm right now? Oh, you could call it a storm, but it's just normal Minnesota pleasure. Yeah, there you go. We're not <laughs> going to get that in Chicago. I know this. I'm watching this storm uh, track its way across the country. For those of you listening in other parts of the country, you'll remember the storm on uh, on uh, coming up on New Year's. And it started in California. It's going to work its way east. We're going to get rain mostly here. Uh, and then it will tr- make a transition to uh, maybe an inch of snow. I miss deep snow. I love deep snow. And uh, I know a lot of people in the city don't. They hate it, but not me. Uh, and I also what it does for plants, tell you the truth, Atina. And you know that. It's a, it's a wonderful mulch, a wonderful blanket for your perennials, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's a time of rest. It would be very hard to farm somewhere like California where you might be farming year-round and not getting a real rest for yourself or your plants or your soil. The people in California might disagree, but uh, we don't. Those of us who uh, were born and raised in the Midwest love our seasons, uh, and that's that's why we stick around <laughs> in these cold climes. So, Atina Diffley wrote the uh, the book "Turn Here, Sweet Corn." And before we get to the play, because the play is going to be uh, performed again in Chicago, it has been performed elsewhere uh, in the Midwest. Uh, we'll talk a little bit ab- about that. The first time it was performed, and we talked to you guys in 2016, mm-hmm. it was only four performances. And I went to – Peg, did you? Yes. Yeah, you got there too. Yeah. Uh, we need a microphone. I don't. I didn't hear her, Peggy. Is she... I, I can't hear myself either. Oh, oh there you go. Which is what I've been texting <laughs> oh, Andrew about. Oh, is that what you've been yes. dealing with? Yeah. <laughs> so everything's normal here <laughs> yeah. in the studio. Okay. See, it, it's not much different from pirate radio. <laughs> very close. Yeah, very close. Um so uh, when we first saw the play, it had four performances, but now you've got a real run here mm-hmm. in Chicago. For those of you who are not familiar with theater, when you do uh, small theater, um, you sometimes call uh, – this, is this a, a, an equity performance or non-equity? Non-equity. Non-equity. So it's non-union performance. So it's usually four nights a week. Thursday through Sunday. How many are you doing? Five. Yeah, we're doing five. Right? Good for five you. Uh, add, a, add an extra one. Mm-hmm. And it stars uh, Megan Wells, who's in the studio with us, as Atina Diffley, who wrote the book. Um, and last time when we had uh, Megan and Scott on the show, we didn't have you, Atina. And I'm so happy to have you in here. And I have to tell you something. Uh, Scott sent me a copy of the script. Now, I've seen the play. I saw mm-hmm. it three years ago, but had vague memories of it. I thought, okay, I got I to gotta get refreshed on this. And by the way, this time you have to do a video uh, oh, yeah, uh, of the whole sure. production. Yeah. Um, 
That's so in the I, works. So yesterday I sat down and I read the play. And you guys really sucker punched me because I was getting all verklempt and teary-eyed reading the play. <laughs> and I said, that's not fair. This is, you know, yeah. I, I – this – it's – it's I, I forgot how moving mm-hmm. the 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 account is. So, uh, Atina, tell us a little bit about the genesis of your book, and then we'll get into how it became a play. See if I can hold that up. Yeah. Great, thanks. Wow. You know, when I wrote "Turn Here, Sweet Corn," it, it was a pretty fascinating experience because it was an amazing opportunity to really talk and bring to the reader this relationship we all have with land. Nobody really thinks about it when they sit down at the table and eat their food how intimately they are connected to the land that feeds them. So to be able to put that into a story form, a love story and a legal thriller and allow people to actually feel that relationship personally was really a powerful experience. And Megan brings it to the stage so amazingly well. Uh, I have to ask you really quickly, how does it feel watching somebody who's playing you on stage? I saw it four times in a row this summer, <laughs> and each time was a completely different experience. It was a little bit like traveling through the five stages of uh, acceptance. <laughs> so the first time you saw her, you had you had grief, and and then there was anger, right? <laughs> there was actually an analytical. The first one it was very analytical because I was wondering what parts she would include from the book, mm-hmm. and having you know written the book, and obviously you can't include everything; it would take too much time. Um, I was really curious what was going to be in. And so in my mind, as she was moving along, I was sort of tracking that and I was pretty analytical. The second time was really emotional. I got out of my analytical mind and just allowed myself to feel it. The third time I got annoyed by how many times she says the word Martin. <laughs> 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 then I knew I was coming into my real mind. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can go back and edit the book. You can just, I'd say, just cut them all out. You don't need that Martin guy. Liquid with, paper. Yeah, really. That's that's. You'd have to do all the all the copies of the book that are floating out there as well. Uh, He's a pretty cool guy on stage. And Martin, of course, is your husband. Yeah. And right. uh, and and farm partner. And if you see the play or you read the book, you find out how he and Atina met, and it's quite lovely. It's a it's a wonderful story, um, and. I, I obviously, you know, if a 90 minute play can't get in, into everything, uh, a radio show like mine is just going to scratch the surface. So I encourage people to first pick up the book, Turn Here Sweet Corn. And if you're in Chicago in the next month, the month of January, come and see uh, Turn Here Sweet Corn, which is performing at, Scotty? The uh, Edge Off Broadway um, in Edgewater. So uh, we have a website on uh, Facebook and also the producing partner that we have is salt box theater uh collective and so they've got a website as well and that's saltboxtheater.org yes that's R-E. correct thank you R-E. Yeah. theater with an r-e theater with an r-e and we so. have a, and we have a bunch of links at mikenovak.net so if uh if you can't I'm, remember I'm, any of this just go to the blog from today i'm right. gonna uh pop the facebook event as well up on oh yeah thank you thank yeah you. um Anyway, uh, what's amazing about your story, Atina, is, and we've all, well, not everybody's been through it, but I, I could relate to both parts because, one, I watched my childhood home be picked up on a trailer and moved to another city because it was at the intersection of a couple of freeways. So the home I grew up in, in the suburbs of Detroit, 
is no longer there. The street itself now was amputated, basically. It's truncated, and you can't even see my childhood home because it's gone. It got moved to another city, and there's a freeway there now. Um, And that's kind of my relation to the first part of your book, which is the farm that Martin, that guy Martin, uh, (laughs) was running when you met him and what happened to it. Can you give us uh, the the elevator speech version of what happened to that farm? And the name of it was the Gardens of of Egan. And it was called the Gardens of Egan because it had been the family garden since the 1850s. Right. Some of the first settlers to come in there after the Dakota people had been moved out. Um, And that's a really important part of that story is that people had lived on that land for thousands and thousands of years. um, And then they were moved out. And so Martin's family were some of the first settlers in there, clearing that land and farming it. When you think about that history of farming and that relationship that people have with land and how that speed of relationship has escalated, just like everything in our world has escalated from when they were first there farming with horses to today where we're farming with huge machines um, as a, a cultural system. So that, that land had been in the family for five generations. Martin grew up there. Our son was born there. And eventually it was the last farm left in a suburb. So the day came when that land had to be sold. Uh, really wasn't optional. It was a development situation where the land was assessed. And you don't have to, when it's assessed, there's a lien placed against the land because it's perceived as more valuable. The land can be developed because it has access to sewer and water. And while the farmer might not want that access, it's there and they're expected to pay for it. So half a million owed with 11% interest quickly becomes in seven years, a million becomes 2 million and it forced the sale of that land. Uh, Megan does a beautiful job with that part of the story because that loss of that relationship with the land, you can think about Martin's loss, five generations of family members. You can think about the native people's loss who probably had burial sites there. Uh, You can think about my children's loss who had special intimate little Mm -hmm. spots with trees and rocks and little corners. And that farm was bulldozed. It was cleared. They removed every tree, every bush, every blade of grass. They even sold the living topsoil. There was no life left on that land to take in water or any species habitat for any of the insects that were part of our agricultural systems. All right, I have so, to I have to cut you off there. We're, we've got a hard break. Yeah. We're going to continue the story when we come back. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Turn here, sweet corn. Hello, this is Brock from Hero Power. Dirty Power is suffocating Chicago. Stop paying for coal to burn and choose the easiest way to switch to clean energy today. Hero Power offers a no-hassle option for Illinois residents to pay for renewable electricity sources like wind and solar and keep paying the same rate as they did with ComEd. The same rate. It's a no Brainer, your money goes toward renewable energy and you avoid long-term contracts, termination fees, or the need to schedule another appointment. You can do all of this in just three minutes and drastically reduce your carbon footprint right now. So don't just complain about climate change. Do something about it. By switching to Hero Power, you take a huge step towards cutting carbon emissions and utilizing our natural wind and solar energy. It's a reliable and convenient way to switch to paying for premium electricity at no extra cost. Let's fight for a clean energy future together. Get clean energy in just a few clicks at MyHeroPower.com. Enroll today at MyHeroPower.com. 
If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. 2019 marked 20 years of Faith in Place, empowering people of all faiths to be leaders in caring for the earth. Not only that, right now is the 10th annual season of the Indoor Winter Farmers Market Program. Enjoy fresh local food from November to April at Indoor Farmers Markets, hosted by 16 Chicagoland Houses of Worship on select Saturdays and Sundays. Faith in Place accepts Illinois Link Card SNAP benefits. For a market schedule and more info, go to faithinplace.org. Maybe it's much too early in the game Oh, but I thought I'd ask you just the same What are you doing? Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And we're very pleased to have in studio Scott Jones and Megan Wells from the production of Turn Here Sweet Corn. We also have Atina Diffley on, actually not on the Skype machine, on the Zoom machine. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I had that wrong. My apologies to the Zoom people. Um, Actually, I don't care. Uh, (laughs) And... uh, uh, she is in Minnesota, and she wrote the book, Turn Here Sweet Corn, Organic Farming Works, um, and was just telling the story of the developers coming in and bulldozing the whole farm, everything, turning it into a subdivision. Um, I wrote on my blog three years ago, here's a tip for all of would-be farmers out there. If you're cultivating land and you can see the tallest building in the nearby large metropolitan area from your porch, you might be in trouble. Um, and that was kind of it. You talk about the, the, the buildings you could see in Minneapolis from, from where you were. And soon after you met, several years after you met Martin, um, the, the farm was gone. It was just, it was raised. And that, the description of that is what started tearing me up mm-hmm. yesterday as I was reading the script of the play. Um, and the most gut-wrenching is your son, Mays, and his reaction to that. In fact, let's have Megan talk about uh, having to perform that. Um, and w- uh, tell me about that moment on stage and what this young child is feeling. Well, for the listeners, what you experience is you're inside the family, inside watching them live through the bulldozers, and so they each, in their own way, express the loss. And the youngest, Maze, is just five years old, and so he takes himself right out to a boundary where the bulldozing has come right up to the property line, and out of his own five-year-old instinct, puts his toes right in that line between the brown and the green, and theirs and ours, and then it comes out of him. He erupts, explodes, and uh, 
in five-year-old language. Damn, dummy, 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 ugly but I'm not going to beep, 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 right? I'm seeing your face. Yeah, you he just, says you, some you, words. You, you, We're going to have to bleep that out. Yeah, we, yeah, but five-year-old, Andrew caught it. Andrew caught dumb, it. dumb, dummies, five-year-old language. He just, it all comes out of him. Uh-huh. And then a Tina, mother Tina has to hold him as he weeps and sobs. And it's the largest uh, emotion. But the thing is, we all feel that way. Uh, and we've all had moments like that, as, as not just as children, but as adults too, with the loss of something, yeah. uh, especially, especially the loss of nature. Nature, or trees. exactly. And we've seen that. We've seen trees cut down. I mean, even in the city recently, there were uh, a bunch of trees were cut down in Chicago because they were putting in sewers. And it turns out that they could have done it smart and not have to cut down those trees. And the people on those block on those blocks have no recourse. Those trees are gone. The mature trees are gone. And once you cut down a mature tree, you can't replace it. You cannot replace it ever. Done. And this is what, Atina, you, you experienced. But the good news is you find another farm. And and I'm not going to go into the details of that because I want to get a, a little bit forward here. And, and you manage to, to raise a family and start growing organic vegetables. You have to take the farm transform it from it it, it was uh, it lay uh, fallow for five years and then you had to turn it into an organic property what's involved in turning a farm into an organic farm atina yeah at the very simplest it's three years without any prohibited substances but that's really putting it mildly you really have to build an ecosystem and that's what is so profound about the first half of the play in the bulldozers is we had an intact ecosystem that was still there from before Europeans. It never had been destroyed on that first farm. Mm -hmm. It was small fields nestled in. And when that was bulldozed, they literally destroyed. We witnessed an ecological collapse. So when we got to our new farm, we had been chemically farmed for quite a few years. And um, they had not left any natural landscapes at all. So it really took us a good 10, 15 years to bring in species other than our agricultural crops. Wow. That was a huge undertaking when you think that nature, nature had millions of years to do it, and we're having to really speed it up. And that's really the crux of what we have to do in our agricultural systems. When we look at how most of the food in the United States is produced, it is a complete monoculture. There is only one species allowed, and that is whatever cash crop is in that field. They don't want any other bugs. They don't want any other plant life in there. It's just this real, even the soil microbes are being manipulated by uh, agricultural chemicals. Yeah. So organic is the opposite. We're trying to bring in all these other forms of life and create a complex ecosystem to manage our pests and insects and um, disease and, and fertility. And so what happens next, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push this through quickly because uh, I need to hear from the director at some point who's being very <laughs> patient with us. Um, you, you're on this farm, and as you say, it takes years and years and years to do this, and then almost by accident, you're reading a piece of mail. And believe me, I've done that, where I, I, I'll grab something, it's nondescript, and you open it and you go, it's a legal notice. Yeah. And, Wait, where'd that come from? Yeah, I know. How long's that been here? Or, or, you know, and then they send you your... your, your uh, credit cards and they don't id them because they're afraid they'll get stolen i guess in the mail and sometimes you miss that too it just things come in the mail and you find you open it and it's a notice that um coke industries wants to build a pipeline through your new farm that yeah. coke industries that coke industries yes the coke brothers and 
you um, have this, well, all kinds of emotions, moments, moments of panic, of anger, of whatever, and then you decide uh, you're going to fight this. And I'm not going to, should I, should we tell people what happens? Everybody who's read the book knows what happens. Um, but it's, it, so that, and that's the second part that had me, you know, verklempt <laughs> is, you know, the, the, the original farm goes away at, never to return. And now the new one is, is under threat from an oil pipeline straight through the heart of it. Uh, and you fight it. And that's the, the, the gist of the book and the play. Um, and now it's been, been brought to the stage and you get to see all the emotions, uh, and, and that's what good theater does. It brings it out. So, Scott, tell me how you got your hands on this and how you got involved. Well, I wish I could say that it was my doing that that got us to the script. But actually, the the man that adapted Atina's book, um, Jim Stoll, uh, he was friends with with Martin. Actually, and there's that name again. It just sorry, keeps popping sorry, Atina. And uh, but he was a fixture in the theater scene in Minneapolis. And had adapted a few other uh, novels and a few other pieces. And he knew Megan through the storytelling community and knew that Megan would be an, an amazing uh, actor to, to bring to this story and because she could bring all that emotional. Because she's an award-winning yeah, actor. Yeah, absolutely. And, yes. and, and I've known Megan since uh, – do we dare tell them? Yes, we're old. Yeah, we're old. So we, we knew each other. as old as I am. <laughs> we knew each other from undergrad. So uh, Megan actually came to me and said, um, I would love for you to look at this and uh, and see if we can make this happen. And that's how it came to me. And just reading it like you did last night, I had the same exact reactions, the, all, uh, the entire gamut of, of emotional range. And I said, this has got to be on stage. It has to. And of course, so, it's a, folks should know it's a one woman show. Yes, one uh, woman. and and she plays all the characters and all the situations and sets up everything. And there's some you know sound effects and other things that go on in lighting, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. And in this production, we actually the lighting becomes a, a secondary character because we we do a lot with lighting in this in this particular okay. space. Uh, it's a really great little theater. Mm-hmm. I, I, we were amazed. Uh, I did a, a pr- production there last year. And we walked into this little space, and it's got all of this technological marvels for the theater. I mean, LED lights and the whole nine yards. So we're definitely using that tech to our advantage in this production. And Megan, of course, is is just, you know, she's really trampling it. She's really doing it good. <laughs> and um, in the original production, we we use soil. We actually use soil on the which stage. is uh, on the, in the script. Which yeah, the author it, wants. It, he did want it, but you know, in the small space that we're dealing with. Um, we decided to not use the soil, and it's working just great. Mm-hmm. We're happy with we're happy with the results, and um, yeah, it was a it was a com- combination of logistics. The theater owners didn't want the soil in, and all that good stuff. So, but it works perfectly. <laughs> well, having written a couple of plays, uh, you know that when you turn it over to somebody else, some things are going to change. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Very so. true. Anyway, all right, that's Scott Jones, Megan Wells, Atina Diffley. We'll continue this conversation about Turn Here Sweet Corn. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around. Is your couch killing you? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. 
Americans have much higher levels of flame retardants in their bodies than anyone else in the world. In fact, California children have some of the highest levels ever measured. Flame retardants are found in furniture, electronics, and even in baby products, and have been linked to cancer, birth defects, and other serious health issues. OMG, what's a green diva or dude to do? Furniture that does not contain polyurethane foam usually does not contain flame retardant chemicals. There are nonprofit organizations that have done the homework for us and have lists of flame retardant free furniture manufacturers. I'm Green Diva Meg, and you can find more low stress green living tips at thegreendivas.com. This is Mike Novak. The song says it's the most wonderful time of the year, unless you're homeless. And I'm Bill Turk. It's hard to know what to do, but you can design a care kit for people in need, something that will do some good in the short run. And I'm Peggy Malecki. The number one item people need is good socks, high-quality wool or thermal. Hats, gloves, and scarves are also important, along with hygiene products like deodorant, body wash, toothbrushes and toothpaste, Band-Aids, lip balm, wet wipes, even nail clippers. Food products can include high-protein snacks, easy-to-open tuna, crackers and peanut butter, applesauce, granola bar, or fruit rolls. And I put everything in a one-gallon Ziploc bag. And if you can, make a connection, offer a smile, or even your first name. And don't forget to include some feminine products, too. You're not changing the world. Just making one person's world a little better for a little while. Being a meteorologist, you see things daily that can be related or not related to climate change. And then you separate that from the climate science and the social policies. So it's almost like teaching three classes. The meteorology, which is short-term, the climate, which is long-term, and then the policy, which is government, whether or not it's federal, state, or local. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate on WCGO 1590, Chicago Smart Talk. Farm Forward is helping to change the way our world eats and farms to promote conscientious food choices, reduce farmed animal suffering, and advance sustainable agriculture. We are changing policy, changing farming, and changing the story by working with farmers to build alternatives that put animals, farmers, and communities first. To learn more about Farm Forward's work to end animal suffering and advance sustainable agriculture, visit www.farmforward.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter and find out what you can do to help. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Farm Forward. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old exile? One of my favorite versions of this song, that's the Beach Boys, of course. Uh, but we're not going to play the whole thing because we have a great conversation going on here with uh, Megan Wells and Scott Jones in the studio. Megan is an actor. Scott is the director of the play Turn Here Sweet Corn, based on the book by Atina Diffley, who is on the Zoom machine. Um, I wanted to get to something that happened to you because of this whole experience, Atina. And, and, I, and I don't know that you were this person before it. But it seems to me the two events, the the bulldozing of the first farm and then the pipeline through the second farm, 
changed you in uh, in a way that was dramatic, that turned you into an activist. Uh, and um, I, you go to your blog now, and you can find the, the link um, at uh, my website, MikeNovak.net. But it's also, uh, what is it, AtinaDiffley.com? Yep, you got it. Okay. Um, and if you look at your blog posts, they're all about activism. It's like, how, here's how you do this. Here's how you get going on this. You got to, here's, you know, and some of it is about soil too and about uh, agriculture, but some of it is about social determination. Um, do you feel like some, something, uh, I guess, sprouted in you when you yeah, had, absolutely. when you faced these, uh, these uh, problems? Yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely the moment that I read in the agricultural mitigation plan that Coke Industries had the right to cause 12 inches of topsoil erosion when they ran through my farm. And that was a moment where I just, it was a switch flipped, where I flipped from feeling helpless. We all feel so hopeless and helpless around the huge power of someone like the Koch brothers. But I knew in that moment that it was really my responsibility to take care of this little piece of land that I've had the privilege of living and caring for. Um, and I really knew in that moment that the Koch brothers might have the money, but I had the people on my side. And we've heard that the power is in the people a long time, and it is absolutely true. Uh, so that was really the moment when I knew that what else is there to do in life but to really stand for something that matters. And there are so many things that matter. And by engaging in this legal process, it was an amazing experience because I really realized that laws were made by people and it's people's jobs to change them. And that's what we did. We engaged in the legal proceeding of the pipeline route. We wrote an organic mitigation plan that recognizes organic soil as a valuable natural resource, like a wetland, and it should be protected as such. And then we wrote a mitigation plan to do so. And we reached out to our customers and we asked them to write a letter to the judge 4,700 people wrote a letter to the judge um, over the period of a few months. So those people were all being expert witnesses talking about their relationship with organic food, with this particular piece of land. So everybody can do that. Where, how do you engage with the world? Um, what do you know from your own personal experience? And that's what changes laws. We all have that opportunity. And it changed oh. it, it. It changed you, and and I and you went by something very fast, uh, and I, it bears repeating, which is the old organic mitigation plan said you can remove twelve inches of topsoil, and everything's a okay. We'll let the oil people do that, or whoever else is the bulldozers come and remove the twelve inches because you can fix that, not a problem. And and all I talk about on my show is how the first six inches of soil is, or actually first foot, but you know, you know, uh, Atina, the first six inches is where everything's happening, mm -hmm. and they're yeah. going to let you take twice that and and pretend pretend that you can put it back and make it okay and, and you can hear how mad i was because i can hear it in your voice <laughs> yeah, complete disregard for life and that's what we're all standing for is life and that's what this is all about the life on the planet it's so complex and there's so many components of it that we simply don't even know about can't see can't easily measure but it's there and it's fundamental to everyone's survival 
And uh, it's not talked about. People don't even realize that it's there. That it, okay, it's just dirt. It's no, they well, don't even and, know what's and that, there. And that's what was so important about your organic mitigation plan is you 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 quantified it. You said. Organic soil is a natural resource, like as you said, like wetlands and like trees mm-hmm. and like and like uh, bluffs and whatever else that you can have on Earth in nature. That's an or- that's a, a precious resource, and we can't mess with it. Okay, we have just a couple of minutes left. Um, Megan, what are the challenges of going into this production? You've been doing this show now for several years, but not in an extended run. What? How do you view this? Um, well, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have this time to be in it and deepen in it uh-huh. and deepen and deepen. It's this and beautiful... And it changes every night for you, I imagine. A little bit, a little bit, because what the uh, Jim stole, the adapter, coming from a storytelling, uh, he's a very experienced, renowned storyteller himself. He understands that there's this delicious hybrid to be explored in the one-person show. Mm-hmm. It one person show isn't something you just come and watch somebody having an experience. Yeah. In a storytelling model, the audience is fully engaged. So you're right there in direct conversation with Atina as she goes through this experience and that's thrilling. And Scotty, what what have been the challenges for you in, in following this through? Well, I think the biggest challenge really has has just been getting the right group of people together to make this Full production happen, and um, we we came across a really great guy, Brian Fruits, who uh, runs the Salt Box Theater Company, and uh, I had auditioned for a play for him, and did a play for him last year, and that started the conversation. And I guess I really wanted to point out one thing that a Tina's story is universal, and so having this story on stage. For an audience that doesn't know organic farming and doesn't know biodiversity and doesn't know all of these things, it's so important to have the story being told. And in a theatrical environment, it's just a great way to experience it. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was mm-hmm. thinking about that too uh, as I was re- reading it. And um, I, you know, I've had 20 plus years talking about this. But most people come to this cold, and they don't understand the 12 inches that we talked about That's with, right. with Atina. And they yeah. don't understand that the, the bulldozing and what that does to ecosystems and what it does to human beings as well, because we're all connected to this. So that's your job in 90 minutes, isn't it, mm-hmm. Megan, is yes. to get this all across. Yeah. We really just want to spark uh, an interest for them as well. So once they've seen the show, obviously we can't give them all of Atina's experience in 90 minutes, but we can pique their curiosity. Right. So they go out and research it and go, oh, okay, I've got a community here and I tune into the Mike Nowak show <laughs> and, and get all my, you know, ducks in a row there. So there you go. Which, and what I hope they do is they go out and buy the book, Turn Here Sweet Corn. I hope they go yes. to com and read all of the advice great advice that Atina gives for standing up for yourself and being yourself. Atina, thank you so much for being on the Zoom. Megan and Scott, thanks for coming into the studio. Thank you for having us, us, for real. Go to MikeNovak.net for all the information. Captain's Log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. 
That is incorrect, Mr. Wharf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe? Author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is Welcome good back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and... Speaking of our good friends at Bartlett Tree Experts, um, we're very happy to say that they're going to be with us again in 2020. Um, and let me just be really honest with you, folks. This is commercial radio. This this ain't your NPR station here, which means we got to pay for it if we want to stay on the air. Uh, and one of the ways we do it with great advertisers. So if you've ever thought about supporting environmental radio, if you're if you're you're attached to a company out there and you want to help us out because and, and, you know this ain't charity because nobody else is talking about this stuff. Right. It, it basically, uh, you know, you get bits and pieces here. We talk about it every week, live, live, and we we address your questions if we can. Um, we bring in as many experts as we can, like the ones we had on the first hour today, which is just a Tina Diffley is. Um, uh, a force of nature. Mm-hmm. Um, she is amazing. Uh, so if you ever thought about that and you want to help us out, and I don't, and, and you know me, I don't ask for your support very often. I ask you to listen. I want you to listen to the show. I want you to share it with your friends. I share it with your friends. I want you to go right now to Facebook. If you haven't given the show a like, go give the show a like. It doesn't hurt anything. It's and so, give the podcast a like uh, if you're on iTunes. Uh, if you're on iTunes or if you're on YouTube, uh, go uh, sign up for the YouTube because now we're back to streaming live on YouTube. We got all of our problems straightened out thanks to Andrew Marshall and Ellie Sanchez. And by the way, we need to say, well, we'll we'll talk about Ellie in the second segment. We've we've got some news about uh, our administrative assistant uh, Ellie Sanchez that we will talk about later. But the point is, um, we work hard. Mm-hmm. We work. We work really hard. It's, it's hard to get the word out. It, it is, and it feels sometimes like we're just yelling into the void. Um, but when you guys respond out there, and we know people, I watch people log in at the top of the show, mm-hmm. and I watch them come on in, and I and I and I know that they listen to the podcasts. Um, it is very gratifying. But we can't do it alone. Uh, we need money to keep this running. And like I said, I don't say that very yeah. often, but I am saying it right now. Have you ever thought about it? If you've got a business uh, and you think it can benefit 
by being part of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Please give me a call. Give me a holler. Shoot me an email, mike at mikenovak.net, and we'll chat. I mean. Mm -hmm. And we are on not just here in the Chicago market. We reach the entire world. Uh, We're we're on in other markets in the U.S., but we reach the whole world. We're on live AM radio and FM radio in other markets. We're adding more all the time. Uh, but as you say, we're all over the world. I mean, this is what Ron Coggill always used to say on Mighty House. He he had his little script here. <laughs> he would bring it out and read it after every uh, break. He needs a script. Uh, you know, <laughs> scripts are for losers. Um, and uh, <laughs> but then, then of course I forget to say all that. What? But that's why we're saying it right now because reach it, a like-minded audience and help keep us on the air. Exactly. Um, and I like to say it's your way of giving back. I mean, you're giving to us, and believe me, I ain't getting rich on this, and neither is Peggy. So you can give back uh, to your environment in ways other than going out into nature, although I advise you to go out into nature and do bird counts and restoration work and, and anything and grow vegetables. Another way you can do it is write a check, you know, and uh, and you win on that too because you're advertising your product, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. is have I said enough? <laughs> and share it on Facebook. And yeah. tell your oh, friends. Yeah. And go give us a like on Facebook. And, it, and, it doesn't and I'm going to give you. a shout out to Daniel and Carol Stream in DuPage County because he's been commenting all along today's show. Uh, he's buttering us up. He's probably going to be on the show soon. So there you go. <laughs> all right. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the environmental stories of the year that made an impact. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Ellie Sanchez joins us in a second. <laughs> When it comes to tree care, it's all about the science. Well, there's love and history and family, too, but you definitely want the best science for your trees. That's why you should contact Bartlett Tree Experts at Bartlett.com. With 120 offices around the world, including Canada, England, and Ireland, Bartlett is the largest residential tree care firm in the world. Their work is backed by the science of the Bartlett Research Laboratories in North Carolina. They pioneered integrated pest management or IPM in the 1970s, introduced the first organic fertilizer, and now Bartlett is the first and only tree care company to research the benefits of biochar on urban soils and tree health. At the same time, they're focused on you and your needs, meaning that they'll do the right thing for your tree and you. Put science to work for your trees. Get a free estimate today because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Illinois has become a national leader in solar energy installation, and right now you can save 60 to 70% on installation costs. You want it for your home or business, but you don't know where to start. So give our friends at Albright Solar a call. Albright Solar offers a boutique, hands-on approach to your situation. They know the ins and outs of local solutions, and we've worked with them for a decade. They're good people, and they know their stuff. Go to albright.solar or call 773-887-6446. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? 
Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. How come? Okay, here's a how come question. How come? How come? Because. Uh, no, well, that I suppose that's an answer. How come there are 20 gazillion Xmas carols out there and only like three songs about the new year? Huh. How about that? But that never... Because I've played how many different mm-hmm. versions of Old Lang Syne already? I'm going to play another one <laughs> coming up uh, just over and over and over I, again. I'm, just... I'm waiting for the Glenn Miller version. That was. There's another one that's a little more upbeat. Well, I don't have that one. Okay. I got what I got right here. This is once once the show is on the air. And then you got uh, a Spike Jones New Year's thing, too. Uh, which I'm going to play. Yeah. That's going to come. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I just popped that out uh, there. Uh, this, what? The Spike Jones? Yeah. Yeah. Now, that one I've got. And we'll do that in the next break. Coming out of the next break, uh, we'll go to Spike Jones. Yeah. There's, there's like a few little New Year's things, but, but that, it's... Yeah. It's... I, it's, it's you Never know, the I, cheery happy holiday. Well, I see. I can do all those musical bumps for for Xmas uh, for the month mm-hmm. preceding, and never even come close yeah. to running out of tunes. I use them all up for New Year's in one show. That there you go. Okay, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. So, if we miss some songs, tell us on Facebook. I'm right, gonna, and we'll, and we'll right now I, I'm sending out a uh, request to our folks watching, uh, listening. Uh, you know, if you're on Facebook or or Periscope, all all two of you on Periscope <laughs> on Twitter, <laughs> but or it's, YouTube, it's going out live, uh, or YouTube, all one of you watching live. Although you know, our our numbers are getting up on YouTube, mm-hmm. our subscribers, so you can go subscribe to the show on YouTube, uh, or you can call us, and I know you won't, but I'm going to give you the number anyway. That's, seven, that's a dare. That's a dare. Eight seven 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 eleven fifty six eleven, and if you do call in. You might get a Wally prize, a valuable Wally prize. So I'm just saying here, because uh, I'm so desperate to get a phone call. Uh, <laughs> and it, to get rid of some things in the Wally prize and box. And to get some th- rid of some things in the Wally prize box. 877-711-5611. But we have in our studio our administrative assistant, uh, Ellie Sanchez, and you can see her on camera there. Hello. Uh, trying to hide behind the microphone. <laughs> A.K.A. Zuzu. Um, Zuzu. Yeah. Zuzu. Zuzu, get closer to the microphone. I'll be, I'll talk louder this time, I promise. <laughs> She'll never live that one down. No. Uh, and we have some news about our administrative assistant, Ellie Sanchez. 
Um, she just, she's leaving us, uh, and we're very sad about that. But she's got herself a really good job, and congratulate. Let's get you get a you get a ding out yeah. of that um, because uh, she's uh, recently graduated from Loyola University in the Sustainability Studies program, which is why we love having her here. Um, and she's been helping not only with this show, but with Natural Awakening Chicago magazine. So she's been doing double mm-hmm. duty and uh, making almost nothing doing <laughs> that. Uh, uh, but uh, tell us about your, your new position. Right. So, well, it's with the Nature Conservancy at their Chicago branch. So I will still be in the area. I will just be downtown. Um, and I will be working in their external affairs department. They obviously being with such a big organization, mm-hmm. they collaborate with a lot of other environmental organizations. And I'm definitely really thankful for my experiences here because every single week I got to meet so many different people related to the conservation movement. And definitely, I know you love to make jokes about how little I get paid, but (laughs) there are some things that are worth more than that. And I just, I'm really thankful for the experiences here. I'm sure it really set up for my career for being on a great path. Uh, And my bit of advice to you is, don't screw it up, okay? I won't. No pressure or anything. <laughs> no, no pressure, but don't screw it up. Uh, so I said to Ellie, uh, since you're going to be leaving, she's going to be around for a few weeks uh, to help uh, a new person in. Uh, if you know anybody who wants to do a little intern work here at the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, uh, send Ellie a note or send me a note. Uh, we're, we're looking for somebody right mm-hmm. now. Uh, but I said to Ellie, uh, so what, do you, what are you two big or a couple of big, a couple, three big environmental stories of the year. And I thought, let's get her in on the conversation because you're almost never with us here in the studio. Um, so I'm going to start with you because I know, I know you, you did a little research on it and uh, at least you've got something in mind. So w- what is it that struck you about 2019 that was important? About 2019, I the story that struck me the most is actually a local story, um, as I'm sure many environmentalists in the area are aware, and you've covered it before on um, your Facebook Live, on the show page. The South Shore Cultural Center has a little addition called the South Shore Nature Sanctuary, and it is teeming with countless species of native wildlife, plants, animals, and insects. It's right on the lake, and it's such an important resource for children, adults, everyone in that South Side mm-hmm. area. I ran um, field trips there with elementary school children with the Chicago Park District's Nature Oasis program over the summer. Which you were working employed there, yeah. At the time, yes. And um, unfortunately, there is some plans in the work to redevelop the area and turn it into a golf course. And there were some comments made previously about how the nature sanctuary doesn't have a whole lot of active wildlife there, which is completely false. And um, I really think that anyone who uh, spends any type of time there will understand what an important resource that that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is something that we have discussed Mm -hmm. um actually for about a year and a half i think uh and it at some point that whole development was connected to the obama library Mm -hmm. um 
and wisely. I, well, it's it's hard to say what's going on because there's so little transparency uh, involving what's happening there. Uh, but as you know, the uh, actually it's the Obama Presidential Center, mm-hmm. uh, and some people are mad because it's not going to be a physical library. Uh, is going to happen in Jackson Park, and I believe the last hurdle for that was cleared recently. Yes, I can't recall. They they had put something out from Friends of Jackson Park that said uh, oh, we oh. can't, you know, because there were, there were lawsuits against it. And 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 correct me if I'm wrong here, folks, but I seem to recall that that the the way has been um, cleared. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Well, you recently, yeah. As I as I mentioned this, maybe you'll find something, but. The other part of that was this golf course that you're talking about, Ellie. And noises have been made about taking Jackson Park Golf Course and South Shore Golf Course, uh, combining them and turning it into a PGA mm-hmm. caliber course there on the south side. There is so much wrong with that. I, I hardly know where to start. Uh, but I think it starts with basically what you will do is, and I'm not even going to get into the nature. Let's talk about people first. You're going to take two golf courses that anybody can play. Mm-hmm. Anybody in the neighborhood can walk up, you know, bring their their golf bag. I was down that way not too long ago. I saw a guy with a golf bag on a bicycle. And this is the kind of thing mm-hmm. that and that happens. And you can walk. And I played Jackson Park. I've played South Shore. Uh, back in the day when I was a starving actor, and now I'm just a starving radio guy, uh, I was a starving actor. We would go down there and play. Why? Because it was cheap and it was accessible, and it was in the city, and we loved that. Uh, all my actor friends and mm-hmm. I used to go down there and play. Uh, and, and you now, can play by the lake and be in a nice can, location. You can be in a beautiful, accessibly beautiful. You go, yeah. On some of the holes, you can walk right up to the lake and, and pause mm-hmm. for a second and look at the lake. So what it will do is force the people who could play golf cheaply reasonably out you're mm-hmm. they're going to be gone okay uh and replaced with a pga style that's going to cost gazillions of dollars to play probably and require a bunch of chemicals to keep it looking pretty exactly and that's where we get into nature because that's the other thing that will happen um the bird sanctuary that is there is going to they, they claim they're going to move it um and as and you were saying Ellie, there was a reference to there not being a lot of nature there. There was some alderman came out and said some really stupid things about how there's no nature. And, of course, I went out there like a week later mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just saw how beautiful and how vital. Yeah. That and there's, there's videos sanctuary. about it, too. Yes. Right. And, and you look and go, did they come to the right spot? Yeah. What were they looking at? Yeah. Well, And it kind of goes back to what Atina was saying mm-hmm. in the last hour of people don't realize exactly. what's there. The bulldozers will come and then... You have to work for decades and maybe forever to try to restore what's there. Now, now, that said, it is still part of the city. The land has, the soil is compromised already. We know that. But there has been work for 20 years to keep this Mm -hmm. a bird sanctuary uh, and to just get, you know, bulldoze it and then create something out of whole cloth. And and part of the problem is, is originally, I think, it was kind of connected. To, it's not really connected to the Obama library, mm-hmm. but some people want you to believe it is, and other people want you not to believe it is. Uh, and that's, again, a problem with transparency in our city government. Uh, and uh, and again, I keep saying, I keep waiting for Mayor Lori Lightfoot to put her stamp, her environmental stamp, 
on city government, mm-hmm. and I'm still waiting, and everybody's still waiting, and here's one way you could do that. There's half a dozen things I could think of right away that she could do that would be great, but this is that's a great story, Ellie. I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. Thank you. And just to end that, I one of the first times I ran a field trip at, at the South Shore Nature Center, it was a group of local Southside kids, and there was an 11-year-old who ran into the Nature Center and just became immediately so happy and made a comment along the lines of, wow, I can't believe I'm in a real-life forest right now. Oh, and wow. I think that comment right there just showcases mm-hmm. how truly important this area is. Yeah. It's like when we did the live broadcast down at Big Marsh. Um, that's in the city. Mm-hmm. And how few people know that that is there. And to be sure, it's degraded. There's a mm-hmm. lot of invasive species there, but countless people are working to fix that and have been working for a long time to fix that and, and transform mm-hmm. it. Lake Calumet, we've we talked about that on the program this past year, about when is that going to happen? That was supposed to happen. It was all going to be a done deal in 2014, and then uh, we changed governors, and boom, that was yep. gone. Uh, and the idea and is still talking casino. Yeah, instead, let's get more bulldozers. Every time you hear casino, every time you hear golf course, every time you hear uh, condos, think bulldozers. That is what should be in your head: bulldozers. Now again. That said, we all know that these areas, some are very degraded lands. But you, you, are you going to make it better mm-hmm. by bulldozing? I'm, I, I don't what are you so. bringing in to replace it? In it, it right. oh. when, when you have this parking this, lot, this, buildings, people, cars, chemicals. When you have Chicago's second lake there, um, the second largest lake next to Lake Michigan, of course. Uh, and that, that could be restored to a place that people use for recreation, mm-hmm. nature. Go! Fi- I mean, it's, birds still come there. They, they're they smart. So did you have another one, uh, Ellie? We got like a minute and a half here. minute and a half. Um, I just want to give a shout-out to Greta Thunberg for making it cool and trendy for Generation Z to take up environmental activism. Say what you want about her or the movement behind her, but I just think it's incredibly important for young people to have that example. It's brought a whole new layer of visibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been following her closely and what she's doing? Yeah, I have been following really? her quite closely, yeah. That's... Just to see where she would end up. Because uh-huh. I remember when she was striking in uh, 2018 when she was only 15, I think, at the time. And it's just pretty crazy that within one year all of this has happened. I got to tell you, in 2015, she wasn't on my radar at all. This is 2018. I mean, 2018 when she was 15. Sorry, (laughs) but even then, she wasn't on my radar at all. So, congratulations to you. But it's it's good to have somebody like that that your your own generation can look up to. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder how many kids hearing this, filling out college applications, started considering environmental science and studies because of that. I sure hope so. Sometimes I wonder, I hope that when they listen to Rick DeMaio, they start. (laughs) (laughs) He will be here later with uh, uh, mixed news, I guess, about what's coming up. All right. We will discuss more stories. You're welcome to give us your opinions and your ideas for what important stories of the year were. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Ellie Sanchez is in studio with us. We will be right back. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazarus. 
and this is Climate Connections. Visitors to Washington's Olympic Mountains stand in awe of glaciers that have carved the landscape. But what tourists see today is different from 100 years ago. Back then, Blue Glacier descended from Mount Olympus like an icy hand reaching out over the rock. Now that hand has retreated up the mountain. Nearby, at what was once Lillian Glacier, only snow patches remain. It kind of reminds me of a birthday cake. You have this gorgeous birthday cake, and then two days later, it's just crumbs. That's Andrew Fountain of Portland State University. Using glacier maps and historical photos, he estimates that the glaciers of the Olympic Mountains have shrunk by about 75 percent since 1900. Early in the century, much of the melting could be attributed to natural causes. But Fountain says now carbon pollution is warming the climate, and that's accelerating the glacier's retreat. From 1981 to 2015, they shrunk about 40%. He says without climate action, their future looks grim. By the end of this century, he expects the glaciers of the Olympic Mountains will be gone. Maybe a few ice patches left and little nooks and crannies, but as far as we can see, they'll vanish. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up to get our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. In this coming year, I'm going to be discreet. Have the slickers playing music soft and sweet. I resolve to treat Tchaikovsky tenderly and set his second movement off with TNT. anymore. <laughs> One of a kind. They threw them all the way. <laughs> I love trotting that out. I'd played, I should play it in July sometime mm-hmm. just to, to throw people off. That's Spike Jones, of course. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak show. I say, of course. And there is a whole, there are, gen, had you ever heard that before except on this show? No. Okay, there we go. <laughs> except I grew up listening to it, so there you go. <laughs> oh, but I could say that to Ellie about things that, from the from the 80s, so, you know. That that was from the '40s. Um, welcome back to the show. Uh, Ellie Sanchez is in studio with us. Peggy and I and Ellie are talking about important environmental stories of the year. And by the way, uh, you can go to our website, MikeNovak.net, and and just scroll through the different folks we've had on the show. I was going over the list of people we mm-hmm. had on. We had some really terrific, incredible uh, people. Um, some of the one. Uh, 
that uh, – oh, no, no, before we get that, because I'll forget. Uh, something you heard during the break was Yale Climate Connections, and I've just established contact with uh, them, and they do these wonderful reports that we're going to be airing uh, whenever we can mm-hmm. during the show. Um, and they're, they're little 90-second uh, stories that uh, they put together, and you can go to YaleClimateConnections.org. And you can read the stories, you can listen to the stories, uh, photos as well, um, some of them, what the world will look like in 2040 A.D. Ellie, tell me about that when you get there, okay? Uh, <laughs> you know, the case for growing, give us a post. <laughs> <laughs> the case for growing lettuce in New England, even during winter, nine timely readings on the status of permafrost, which is a very mm. important story. Uh, where should I move to be safe from climate change? Okay, that's a good one. Actually, Chicago is supposed to be one of those areas that uh, is going to be better than most. So. Just don't unpack all your bags. Anyway, YaleClimateConnections.org, and we're happy, give them a ding, to be a part of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. All right, you wanted to bring up Peggy. Well, I wanted to give a shout-out to two little birds that I think uh, really made a lot of environmental news this past year in Chicago um, and nationally, and that's Monty and Rose, the two Great Lakes piping plovers that set up uh, a nest at Montrose Beach, had um, two different sets of eggs, the second set of eggs, two of the birds matured and fledged. And in the whole process of all of that, um, I'm just going to read what the Sun-Times had said. Um, We wrote this past summer that an endangered species was found on Montrose Beach. Even in the best of cases, the survival rate for the birds is poor. But this was a nest on the ground in a city full of cats, rats, coyotes, and endless other predators. Worse, a music fest was coming, Mamby on the Beach. A small army of bird lovers took up the plover's cause. They convinced the festival's organizers to cancel the event. They roped off the nesting area and stood guard night and day. Two chicks survived, fledged, and flew away. Thank you, birders. Really? Uh, we were talking with Atina Diffley earlier, and, and this is how you make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just one person like her, as she mentioned. Uh, she started the, the lawsuit against uh, Coke Industries, but she got 4,700 people to, yeah. to sign on and to write letters. And now look at all the birders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, uh, at yeah. the Montrose Beach, who Chicago, came up. Chicago Audubon Society, Illinois and Chicago Ornithological Societies, Friends of Montrose Beach, Montrose Lakefront Coalition, Mutt Jackson, we had them on the show. Yeah. Um, Field Museum, Chicago Park District, IDNR, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, and countless other people who and, wrote letters, who showed up to watch the nest night and day. And it wasn't just the piping plovers. It was, how can we all share this precious resource, mm-hmm. this beach, uh, including the dog walkers and the mm-hmm. people who want to throw Frisbees and whoever else is on the beach there. Yeah. Um, and not just this time, but next year and in the future. The problem is I'm not so sure the concert uh, went away because of their efforts. It might just have been the high water levels. We don't really mm-hmm. know. Um uh, again, not a lot of transparency in that. Up until the day they pulled the plug on it, we didn't really know what was going on. Nobody knew what was going on. Again, the city works in mysterious ways, and the park district sometimes works mm-hmm. in mysterious ways. And that's not encur- that part of it is not encouraging. What is encouraging is that folks stepped up and said, no yeah. way, no, yeah. this is not happening, not here, not yep. on our beach. 
those bird watchers were amazing, or the monitors, the volunteer mm-hmm. monitors that were actually out there making sure that the nests were safe. All volunteer, all taking the time out of their summer to do this. I was running some field trips there at Montrose Beach with the little kids, and I was just so impressed. These bird watchers were so open to teaching the kids about it. And it was just a wonderful unifying thing that happened this past summer, especially in an age where the majority of environmental headlines seem to be negative out there. There were a lot of negative headlines, and there continue to be. Let's do another positive, though. And Peggy, you and I get to pat each other on the back a little bit. How about a ding? There we go. Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards 2019 was uh, an unbridled success. I don't know if unbridled is the right adjective to to use there, but it was... Uh, there, there was no edging around that garden. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, once again, for the third year, uh, our little not-for-profit, and this year we became... Officially, a not-for-profit organization got our 501c3 status. So both Illinois and federal. And I want to thank Illinois Extension and the Shedd Aquarium and uh, Cook County Forest Preserves and Chicago Park District and Chicago Flower and Garden Show and Chicago Community Gardeners Association. Um, who am I missing? There's, there's Advocates like, for Urban Agriculture. Ab- Advocates for Urban Agriculture, Chicago Line. Greenmark la- PR. The late, great. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. Mm. Aw. And, and anybody we missed, we it, apologize. We apologize. We're winging it. I think we, we did pretty well there. Um, and all these organizations came together and we gave out. And a, the gardeners. And the gardeners, too. And we hope if you're listening and you didn't enter your garden this year, you do it in 2020. It'll be our fourth year. Um, we've already given out more than 150 awards all over the city. This year, we managed to reach into 43 different awards. Um, and we want to hit all 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are, we are the gardening awards for the city of Chicago, the only citywide awards. Uh, Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. You can go to chicagogardeningawards.org and find out, or you can go Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And we've got photos and people with their happy people with their signs that they want. It was pretty amazing. And we'll give a shout out to the person behind the scenes as well, Kathleen Thompson. Kathleen Thompson. Who gets a ding um, because she did more work than, <laughs> than the rest of us combined, pretty much. Um, and thank you, Kathleen. It, it was fabulous. You know, we got to give her a ding for her work on the Mike Novak show, too. Yes. Because she. The layout, the graphics. Um, you've had more than one conversation with her, Ellie, about oh, yes. laying out the graphics. Still a little large. Scrolls the, still. The scroll, is, scroll, scroll is still a little large. You can. Uh, I'll tighten it. <laughs> more, oh, there you go. There, Andrew, there Andrew, Andrew doing it on the fly. He's reducing. No, 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 no. Let's, like, let's, let's let him and, do his and thing. a shout out to Andrew oh, while we're showing. We'll up. let him do his thing. Yeah, uh, it's a shout out to Andrew because you guys don't know. The, uh, how much work goes on P- people ask i was talking to scott jones as he left uh, about doing theater he said oh you'll get sucked back into it and i said no probably not when you realize uh, all the work that goes into rehearsals and you're you know mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're going for it's usually four or five nights a week and it's usually evenings um with the non-union yeah. houses and then you then you're doing the performances four or five nights a week um, I don't know when I would do this show because uh, uh, people ask me, so what do you do the rest of the week when you're not doing the radio show? Uh, what do you mean the rest of the week? There is no rest <laughs> of the week. It's this show all the time. It's 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 burned a hole in my brain and in my life. Uh, uh, and then there's be... reading one book in a week. Do people yeah. really ask you that? What do you do for the rest yeah, of the week? they do. 
that triggered me, and I've only been here for like a year and a half, <laughs> two years. <laughs> what I love about you, Ellie, is that you, you, we have infected Ellie with the same sort of urgency about the world, <laughs> yes. and the same it worked uh, yes. frustration with people who don't get it and and who don't copy people on emails. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and who don't who don't like uh, Facebook and and and, and more that and, and those who get closer to the mic, okay? <laughs> Just get closer to the mic. Oh dear, oh, we're gonna miss you, Ellie. We we really are. I'll still be around. Yeah. I know. All right. That music means that it's time to do some weather and climate. We could have gone into a lot more oh, yeah. stories. Uh, but most of them are so depressing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that means Ellie's off to go call Rick. Yeah, oh, right. yeah. Get on the phone. Get on that phone. Call Rick yeah. DeMaio. Come on, Zuzu. Who knows where he is? <laughs> it's, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We will be right back. Hello, this is Brock from Hero Power. Dirty Power is suffocating Chicago. Stop paying for coal to burn and choose the easiest way to switch to clean energy today. Hero Power offers a no-hassle option for Illinois residents to pay for renewable electricity sources like wind and solar and keep paying the same rate as they did with ComEd. The same rate. It's a no-brainer. Your money goes toward renewable energy and you avoid long-term contracts, termination fees, or the need to schedule another appointment. You can do all of this in just three minutes and drastically reduce your carbon footprint right now. So don't just complain about climate change. Do something about it. By switching to Hero Power, you take a huge step towards cutting carbon emissions and utilizing our natural wind and solar energy. It's a reliable and convenient way to switch to paying for premium electricity at no extra cost. Let's fight for a clean energy future together. Get clean energy in just a few clicks at MyHeroPower.com. Enroll today at MyHeroPower.com. 2019 marked 20 years of faith in place, empowering people of all faiths to be leaders in caring for the earth. Not only that, right now is the 10th annual season of the Indoor Winter Farmer's Market Program. Enjoy fresh local food from November through April at Indoor Farmer's Markets, hosted by 16 Chicagoland Houses of Worship on select Saturdays and Sundays. Faith in Place accepts Illinois Link Card SNAP benefits. For a market schedule and more info, go to faithinplace.org. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old things Ah, yeah. That's my buddy Andres Enriquez uh, from the Frozen Robins. And that's his arrangement. And he's singing all the parts Very in here. Very cool. He's good. He gets another ding. And then we we sing this as a, as a quartet, but Andres put that together for us. He's a very very talented musician. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're wrapping up the year. Let's go to our meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Peg. And it's been a tumultuous year, hasn't it? It really has been um, on the, on the climate scene as well, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just this, this past week is kind of a microcosm, but it's happened around here in the last 12 months. And, um, you know, it's odd, but, Mike, 
today is actually not as nice of a day to play golf compared to what it was around here on Wednesday and Thursday, right? I was so tempted <laughs> to go out Thursday. If I hadn't been, <laughs> I was doing all kinds of work on Thursday. I had to get the podcast done because I had let it go for Christmas and blah, blah. And I thought, I really, what I really want to do mm-hmm. is go out and play golf. And it's, I was going down Lakeshore Drive and the place was packed. The golf course was packed. Yeah, of course. Lakeshore. Yeah. It was, I, I, it was packed. I know. I just go sat on, outside literally with a cup of coffee reading, listening to the birds and the rustling of the wind the day after Christmas. And it's just like, this just it was great, but it was so weird. Yeah. It was. And, and Dave, the amazing thing is I took two bike rides, one on Christmas Day and one on the day after uh, from where I live all the way to, what is it, Lighthouse Beach there. And the, the lakefront was packed, but not only was it packed, but the second day people had their beach chairs out on the sand <laughs> reading, doing just what you were doing. Uh, because it was that much nicer, five degrees warm and a little bit more humid uh, than what it was on Christmas Day. And obviously on Christmas Day, you probably had people over, so you could kind of get out and, and go to the beach on, on Thursday. But what was really remarkable about it was the humidity actually inched up a little bit. Um, and what was also remarkable is that the lack of low cloud cover um, is not something that you typically experience this time of the year. The only reason why... Uh, you get a lot of low clouds and fog in late December is the ground's very cold, and the only way you can get warm is to have high levels of humidity. And those two things, when you combine them, you end up getting low clouds and fog. We did not have either of those um, on Wednesday or Thursday, which was really rare to have sunshine and temperatures mm-hmm. that warm. Uh, now, if you outside, I'm sure you guys have because you had to get to the studio, but if your listeners have not been outside yet, it's actually more humid than it was a couple of days yeah. ago. But that's also the reason why we got some rain and needed rain as well. I mean, this yes. is an incredibly oh, yes. dry month. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. I was out in my yard and doing something. I think I was taking out the composting to the mm-hmm. compost pile, which often at this time of year is frozen yeah. solid. Yet I turned mine over this past yeah. week. Uh, so I, I I was able to add that, but I looked at the soil and it was powder. It was just powder, yeah. and I thought, ooh, I yeah. put I put some yeah. I put some new plants in the ground uh, in the oh, fall, wow. and I thought maybe I should be watering mm-hmm. them right now. Well, Mike, Mike, the, the question is which fall? The one that we had in September, <laughs> the one that we had in December. <laughs> I know we've had two. The, the snow in October. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I I I can't keep track of when we have seasons now. Um, I was actually riding my bike the other day saying Happy Easter to people. And they were going, <laughs> I think it was actually, I, I'd have to go back and it might have been warmer on Christmas Day than it was on Easter, which is just getting to be really, really bizarre. So well, We had that snowstorm um, late it, April this past year, yeah. Yeah. That's right. We had snow on the 26th, which was, which was actually pegged. It was the Sunday after Easter. We had snow on Palm Sunday and the Sunday yeah. after Easter. No, Easter, Easter was, was gorgeous because we had we had Easter the remote broadcast gorgeous, at yeah. City Grange. Yeah, we were live on right, at right. City Grange. I was so happy it was such a beautiful day, and then it snowed again the following week. <laughs> and it's no, it's like so. You know, when you look at this, and and I've been saying this to my students at Loyola because I always say those are my that's my litmus test because those are the non-science majors that are going to go out into the world and make lots of money. Um, and I go, if you were running a golf course in Chicago or the Chicagoland area, would you begin to think twice about how you would run your business model 
in order to take advantage, to adapt, and to somewhat mitigate uh, to a warming or a more variable climate. In other words, if you have it ready to be used over Thanksgiving and Christmas for golf and have some sort of a special where you can advertise, most people will think you're crazy. But then you see the number of people out there and you go, mm, maybe so. But at the same time, as good as it is for them, it's terrible for the people trying to make a living at ski resorts making snow. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, they actually had flooding conditions as far north as Wausau and Stevens Point, Wisconsin, really? due to the fact that they've not only had, oh, God, you know, all the melting snow, and on top of that, the one and a half to two inches of rain. So as much, as, as much snow as they've had this past year, or this season, rather, uh, this week has been a total washout. You can't go, you can't go cross-country skiing. You take a, can't take a snowmobile out in that. So as much as we're, you know, like, uh, you know, smiling and happy and stuff, this is kind of stuff where you really got to be thinking twice about how to adapt and how to get the, the business-minded people involved in something mm-hmm. like this. And I still say, until we get them on board, you're not going to get across the board, across the aisle, what we call bipartisan um, understanding of how to adapt or mitigate to a more variable climate. Uh, with that in mind, uh, I was looking at your PowerPoint and seeing that uh, we're not – I think you mentioned you thought there was a possibility we would get colder as we entered into the new year, but it looks like it's yeah. not, that's not going to happen right now, is it? Yeah, yeah, and again, if it does, and I think I answered your email last night, Peg, if it does, it's literally like a one- or two-day deal. And if you notice one of the slides I show at the center of the polar vortex is – it's literally up between 75 and 80 degrees north latitude, not expected to get down south or to a more southern position anytime soon. And as long as you have these incredibly wavy patterns, if you look at the overall globe, we call, we, we, we call it a wave number. Mm-hmm. And I think we're up to like wave number six or wave number seven. The more waves you have, the more variability, yeah, the more variability you have. When you get into a very cold and very dry pattern, you generally have less waves, which means one part of the world is basically locked into a cold and dry pattern, and the other one is locked into a warm one. All right. Well, you've got like 20 seconds for a forecast here. All right. So near 60 today, uh, cold front comes through late this evening, so enjoy today while you can. <laughs> Mid-30s tomorrow, maybe one to two inches of snow with just some scattered snow showers. Monday night into Tuesday, and back into the 40s during the day on Wednesday. A little cold chat by the end of the week, but overall, above average temperatures for the next five to six days, guys. Have right. a great New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Until next time, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.